Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we just watch? We just watched a couple of episodes of Dragnet. So, usual Friday night. Actually, of course, it's a Saturday night, but we digress. The first episode we watched was The Big Neighbor, which made its debut on October 12, 1967. Yeah, a very unusual decision to cross over with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> very surreal. <laughs> Now, you love Friday and Gannon, and this episode, The Big Neighbor, Yeah, we're not really distracted by any of this stuff about, there's a little bit of crime, not much. Crime, policing, what's that? It's just these guys hanging out. They're just hanging out. Tell us about this episode. It's one of the hangout sessions. Um, They uh, 
They're, fin- they're finishing up a day at work. Yeah, there's a sailor. A sailor comes in. He looks like 40 years old, but he's in his little sailor suit. And he's talking to them, and he's like, I got robbed. I went to a party, and they stole my money. And they're all like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> End of scene. That's all the crimes. Don't worry. And then Gannon invites Friday to his house. The, Gannon's a very passive-aggressive man. There's always a lot of, you never come to my house. Why don't you come to my house? Come on, come to the house. It's like, Jesus Christ. There's more of that later. And Friday. the house, we'll have dinner, we'll watch a football we'll game. Be quiet, we'll drink some wine. Just the two of us. <laughs> I ship it. <laughs> Fannin. Guy day. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> Do you think these two would make a good couple? I think I I think I think Gannon is just too pushy. He doesn't really seem to respect Friday's autonomy and choices, and that he might be happiest picking a different kind of life than Gannon. Gannon needs to uh, justify and and basically kind of assuage his own deep insecurities about his choices by trying to force the same choices on his younger partner. So Friday's more uh, laid back. Gannon is more controlling, high strung, emotional, ridden with uh, anxieties and neuroses. Yeah, where's so this do you, going? So, do you think uh, a couple like that could make it work in this crazy world? <laughs> you're literally you you have your hands behind your head. You're like all relaxed right now. I mean, I I I don't I don't think they have a healthy working relationship. I think like sometimes they're doing okay, but in this. It really, I just feel like Gannon just, I don't know, he's, he's obsessed with Friday's sex life and his, his romance, or lack thereof. Leave the guy alone, man. Maybe he just doesn't want to talk to you about it. Or you know what, maybe he doesn't want anything right now, and that's okay. Or maybe he doesn't want anything ever. That's okay. Just Why can't he be okay with Friday's choices? Yeah, I, You said that... Uh... Gannon was the older man. I didn't believe it. I looked it up. Harry Morgan was actually older than Jack Webb. Yeah. Something about Jack Webb. He always seems 50. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Gannon has more life and vivacity. He, he acts like a younger man. God. He, he just, he just, he's so over the top in this. He thinks he's the little country squire, but we'll get to that. Jesus. So so Friday's like, sure, I'll come to your house, whatever. And you don't know, get, oh, you never come to my house. You only eat meals with us. It's like, yeah, I can see why after this shit. So so he's, they've been partners for eight years. And it says this would be the third time uh, Joe's visited Bill's house. Previous time was six months ago. Yeah, so wait, there was a huge gap or either, yeah, there was a huge gap somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't know why they got so specific with the numbers. The timeline doesn't add up. So maybe I, I when you okay, I've never been a police officer, neither of you. I would imagine that like if you get assigned a partner, there might be like, oh, come meet my family. You know, this that my life is literally in your hands at times. So you know, me, you know, like like have like so a bonding thing. So did the first dinner go so disastrously <laughs> that he wasn't back for another? Like seven or so years? My God. Well, I have another uh, thing <laughs> oh, I'm going to raise. No. Do you think there was something going on at some point between Joe and Eileen Gannon, Bill's wife? 
I don't think there was anything acted upon, but you got you got, like you pick up on the affection between these two individuals. There's something there. I think Eileen Gannon's wife. So we see her Friday makes a whole big deal. Like ask your wife. It's okay. If I come make sure it's okay. You know, the fair ended up pretty messily. I mean, uh, I just want to <laughs> make sure she has enough meat, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And because I, I gave her plenty earlier. <laughs> and so, um, so like the whole big formality, I think Eileen can, knows the knows the bill, knows that her husband Gannon, who she you know she cares about, but I mean, let's be honest, they've been married forever, and he's a, he's a braggadocious doofus. Sometimes he just goes on and on and on. He's very self important. I think Friday at least makes her feel like a lady. He treats her with courtesy, treats her with respect. He's very polite. He's very compassionate towards her. And maybe she just kind of misses that in her life, somebody really treating her like a lady rather than the hired help or the secretaries answering the phone for all their crazy neighbors. So I think this certainly at least the, at the very least, there's the seeds of a possible emotional affair going on there. So is that what happened? Why there was such a long gap? Maybe, maybe Eileen tried to go for Friday. Like, just in a desperate moment, she had too much wine, and Friday said, I can't, you know, I can't have this. This is not, this is not proper. But maybe he always, maybe, maybe maybe not, because suddenly there's a long gap, and then these visits are coming closer, just six months apart. It all started up again. And at the end, he's like saying, well, yeah, I I won't wait so long next time, Eileen. I, I mean, there was something. There's a little, and, and, and another point. Bill says, "Oh, you know, you need to get married." He says, "Well, if I found a girl like Eileen, exactly like Eileen, I'd be all over that." If stuff. Eileen was single, <laughs> if you were out of the picture, old man, how would you feel if you had some uh, work associate over, and all they did was talk about how great I was? And if they met a guy like me, they'd marry. Get married in an instant? Well, Kevin, it's a pretty disturbing question because you're my only work associate. <laughs> so now I'm imagining you sitting at the dinner table and being, wow, gee, if I met a guy like myself, I'd marry me and me just backing away slowly. Because I get so little positive affirmation <laughs> oh around God. here. You're no Eileen. You're no Eileen. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of it's awkward. It's pretty awkward. This whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing is some disturbing implications here. And it also makes Gannon basically, you know, paternalistically obsessing over Friday's lack of romance, lack of sex, like he's his like concerned father, like, give me grandchildren. Like he's like that makes it also all the more horrifying and ironic because it's like, oh, I have a sex life. I'm fucking your wife. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it really. So you, so, I, I mean, so you do you think Friday is actually cucking Gannon? I don't think he is. Cause it, listen, Friday, Friday is like he's a monk. Like policing is his life. You don't really get the sense, at least in the 1967 version, that he's doing a lot, or at least that's what Gannon would have us believe. I don't know. It just it raises a lot. Of, I I don't even want to go here. I, I can't. But because you know, a lot of times, uh, people in their work life can try to be very serious and not show a lot of personality. But then when they're 
they're off the clock, maybe they cut loose a little bit. Maybe uh, Friday after hours is a completely different kind of cat. You think he's like a beatnik or something? He's like plays the trumpet in a local band or something? Well, Jack Webb loved jazz. That's what I'm saying. He's a hepcat. I don't know. I don't really... I, 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 it's like, it's so foreign to me because you just see Friday at work and the, but then whenever he's hanging out after work, it seems to be in the episodes I've seen, he's hanging out with Gannon and I could understand a pushy guy like Gannon kind of, you don't really want to up or open up around because if you're saying, well, like I actually, I, I think I'm asexual. Gannon's just going to tell you, no, you're not get married to a woman. Have two kids. That's what I did. Ha ha. I'm really happy. You know, <laughs> like he's, he's like, he's about to have a midlife crisis. So, I mean, you don't really want to, maybe he's or just. Or if you tell Gannon, oh yeah, I'm getting plenty of action, you know, on the weekends with other men's wives or at the jazz club. <laughs> Gannon's going to give you grief over that. Or Gannon's going to want to join in and totally cramp your style. <laughs> so, and like, then you're going to be hurting Eileen, who maybe you have this weird connection with. You never acted upon, but you wouldn't want to do that. So, uh, you know, it, like, I can understand Friday's not, we're not, we're seeing stodge, the, the stodgy Friday, but maybe, maybe that's who he's around. So I don't know. I don't know if we can judge Friday too much. Maybe Friday has to keep in such control because he knows when he lets it go, as he does on the weekends, it just gets crazy. <laughs> that's how you are. <laughs> Right? That's right. <laughs> you cool jazz club persona. <laughs> you were shocked when you met jazz club, Kevin. Jesus Christ. I, I, I strap on my little goatee. Oh my God. I might never be able to uncringe my face. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean. Yeah. You walk around following me, snapping your fingers anytime I say something. You say you dig it. I, I mean, I already do that. That's what I'm saying. I do that not on the weekends. <laughs> Play the bongos dramatically. I, I just, I... You do everything dramatically. I do. I'm very dramatic. But th this, yeah, this... This show. You gotta love it. <laughs> so tell us some more about the plot. Well, I didn't like this plot so much. I liked all this stuff with Gannon and Friday, this like two man play about the crushing boredom of suburban life. And again, it, I kind of appreciated the show for once. Usually when it's trying to make a point, usually when it's trying to make a point, it's making a stupid point. Like all hippies are, or all like all people with like left leaning politics are hippies and all hippies are awful or all hippies are at least worthy of scorn to a certain extent, even if they're not awful. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. But, I mean, Because like, you hate it when hippies are attacked. You love the no, hippies. No, I hate hippies. But, I, I, but, like, the show goes so far with it to a point where it's like you kind of feel like they're casting aspersions, like, throughout the political spectrum. One thing that horrifies me about this show, and, like, it doesn't make for pleasant viewing, in my opinion, but it also fascinates me, is that it seems to think... And, and Gannon, to a certain extent, is also in this group, but, like, a, a lesser version. Everybody other than Friday and perhaps a few of his bosses or a few other cops here and there are these psychologically grotesque, screeching, unreasonable, irrational, in, incapable of seeing reason, you know, needy, awful people who cannot see you know are so are, are so blinded by their own 
needs and wants and id that they just demand, make unreasonable demands of, of the cops' time. And it has this, like, really pessimistic, dim view of, like, humanity, you know? Because, I mean, like, Friday is, like, a shining light of, like, somebody who's able to cut through the bullshit and figure shit out. But at any time he, like, meets a shopkeeper, it turns into this, I have a, an eccentric chess game, and oh, ha, ha, would you like to look at these? Or, you know, or, like, you know, the neighbors in this one are, like, you know, th- these two men are just trying to watch a football game, and everyone's barging in, treating it like it's, like, a small claims court or something, and, and you know, giving their problems to Gannon, who's, for some reason, just mildly accepting it and not telling them to get the fuck out of his house in, in order to be, quote-unquote, neighborly. And so where I was going with this is that it is kind of saying that the people in the city who like live in apartment buildings like Friday, they're a little bit more self-sufficient where these suburban assholes are just weak because they're all freaking out about like, I got a parking ticket. That's unreasonable. Or like, oh, my, my husband, like that was a disturbing moment. Like I'm not even going to get into the domestic violence implications there. Let's get into the domestic violence. Shall we? But first finish your point. My point, uh, at one point, at one point, I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit if that's okay. They actually stop a burglar. A burglar is in the process of breaking into a neighbor's house. She's freaking out. She calls Gannon instead of the police, which, like, okay. Uh, and they apprehend the man. They, they hit him on the head, and they, they grab him. And she, he's arrested. And then she comes out and starts screeching at Gannon about how if people really knew that you lived in the neighborhood, maybe they wouldn't do this, huh? Because it's your you're fault, a cop. Because huh? you're a cop, man. No, 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 it's your fault. And it's like, you know... What, like, I don't, I, I've met some pretty unreasonable people in my time. I, I know some pretty unreasonable people. I live with some pretty unreasonable, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You're very Jesus. reasonable. I'm just, you're my little sweetheart. You're not unreasonable. But you know what I mean? But you and I both have dealt with unreasonable people. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. I don't know anybody who would react to somebody saving them from their house getting broken into and then being possibly murdered in a home invasion. With, like, here's how you did that wrong. Um, I mean, like, it's not like he, like, shot at the guy or it was any way damaging to the property. It was just such an over-the-top reaction by this woman. And and it had to end with Friday being like, well, that wouldn't be very nice to Gannon if he had a sign in his yard saying that he was a cop. And the woman's like, okay, yeah. You got me. Oops. (laughs) And it was like, that is consistently how members of the public are portrayed on this show. It's so pessimistic and disturbing. You never meet anybody who's like, yeah, here, I'm going to I'm gonna be reasonable, or thank you so much for helping me. And I can understand that any job, you know, and, and, and perhaps policing as well, can be viewed as thankless to a certain extent. But in this, there are no, there are no islands of rationality to be found ever. It's not like some people are unreasonable and some people aren't. It's like people are having wildly inhuman reactions. That's my extended rant. Do with that what you will. Well, you said you wanted to talk about oh my God. domestic violence. Yeah, let's talk about... The, this woman comes in, and she's like, my husband threw an egg timer at me. And she is portrayed like the goofiest, oh, look at this broad, flapping her jaws thing in the world. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Yikes. <laughs> that did not age well. Because basically, she's a victim of domestic violence. Yeah, if you lob something at somebody's head, that's, you know, that's a violent, aggressive act. And they're just basically like, well, 
let him hit you next time. And it's like, ooh. And then we have the silly music in the background. And you're like, oh, no. Dragnet. Dragging us all down to hell. Jesus. Yeah, domestic violence. Uh, it used to be seen uh, incredibly as a source of humor. Yeah. I've seen some old uh, Lockhorn cartoons where uh, the husband has committed acts of violence against his wife and has played for laughs. Yeah, it it's a pretty it's a pretty grim reality, but until very recently it was sort of seen as something that was funny or at the very, you know, not serious enough to really provoke any discussion other than kind of like So yeah, that kind of This spoiled. is a you problem. That uh, uh, spoiled the the show to a certain Yeah, extent. and when you're like, and like when you're watching it, it's kind of like you know, you're like, it's not, it's not like a neutral thing. I mean, they chose to portray this woman as poorly and to make her look as unreasonable and and uh, you know, they were trying to make her look like a shrew for complaining about this, and like, oh, she's interrupting the football game, and it's like. With the other neighbors who had more unreasonable problems or who reacted unreasonably to things, that was that was one thing and it was less offensive. But that was the opening one, so that kind of immediately like kind of put a chill on this one for me a little bit. I like the ones better when the it's the when it's bu- a bullshit session between Gannon and Friday. So at some point we should do that one where they make a bizarre sandwich because uh, I don't remember. There being there were some interruptions in that one, but it was a lot of them just like completely like these two weird characters just bouncing things off each other. By the time you 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 expressed dissatisfaction because I wasn't as familiar with the show at that point, and I just was like, "Why is this an episode?" Because nothing happened. But now I'm like, I like the characters enough where I'm like, "Yeah, I'd see them, you know, bullshit through a weekend." As long as there's no, like, serious crimes being treated as, like, a nuisance for the cops. <laughs> Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So the second episode... This one was fucking incredible. The second episode we watched... Top ten. Top ten. Dognet. There's a number of do- there's a number of episodes of Dragnet which in which dogs play an important role. Some of these are pretty good, some of them aren't. The one we watched uh, premiered on November twenty third, nineteen sixty seven, and of course I am talking about the episode called "The Big Dog." <laughs> dun 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 dun. What's, what? Are, okay, before we start, what what dog episode sucks in your opinion? Uh, one of the weakest episodes of Dragnet was the one where they say, hey, dogs are really good with the smelling stuff. Maybe we can have them smell out drugs. And uh, there's a moment in it where uh, Friday and his boss are talking. Friday's leaning over his desk and uh, he's like, I really hope this works. And, and his boss says, so do I. And and the camera slowly zooms in on his fingers as he very slowly crosses him for luck. 
And that was like the big dramatic moment of the episode. It was a real snooze. You, you told me that Dragnet got more obsessed with like, quote unquote, educating the public about various elements of policing rather than like telling an entertaining story involving police. Yeah, uh, drug sniffing dogs. You could do something with that, but not not just like a how this works episode. Oh, what do what does a police department do when the president comes to town? You know, you know stuff oh, like that. Oh God, yikes! Yeah, but this dog one was fucking amazing. You Imagine it, it made me feel like it made me feel like. Like the amount, like I before we get into the actual case, I just want to preface this by saying the crime in this seemed to attract manpower, attention from the brass, and public outcry that you would think maybe like it was a serial rapist, a serial killer, perhaps. At one point, wasn't there like three or four teams of three, yeah, th- four teams of. Three people each, two policemen and a police woman in undercover surveillance operations throughout the city trying to figure this shit out. So that to me sounds like a pretty major police operation in reaction to what we're about to talk about. And this is a city, this is Los Angeles. This is a lot, it's not like fucking Mayberry. It's not like the middle of nowhere there were like, you know what, we better, you know. The broken windows policy. We better tamp down on this thing before it gets out of hand and they start doing more. It, it, it it's 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 unbelievable and it it delighted me to no end because I would love to live in a world where in a major city this is the worst thing happening because <laughs> that would be a very nice world to live in. Hit us. <laughs> a dog. Well, there are reports of. A dog stealing women's purses at bus stops. <laughs> and it happens like at least a dozen times. And the women keep describing, and, and the people around them, they can't get their story straight on what kind of dog it is. So at first you're like, is this becoming a popular hoax, an excuse? Oh, I lost my purse. A uh, dog stole it. I don't know. But no, there's some. <laughs> well, for, can you tell us about some of the victims? Uh, One of whom runs a flower shop. Oh, my God. This woman is a hippie. And so you know they're going to have fun with this. She, They come in and they're like... They give her, like, what, five or ten minutes? She gets, like, a five-minute, like, Shakespearean oration where she's just like, Hey, man, you know, uh, I didn't do the report and my bag is flowers, man. I try to find homes for the flowers and blooms and, yeah, it's, like, it's trippy, psychedelic. And, like... This, uh, but you know, this dog, his bag is my purse. I guess he likes to steal purses. But every creature, big and small, is God's creatures. And I smile on them all, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm rapping. You catch my drift, man? And, like, this goes on for, like, ten minutes. It felt like ten minutes. And it's I didn't mind it because I'm just delighted. And she's just going on. Turns out she didn't actually report the dog. A bus driver kicked her off the bus and got the police involved because she couldn't pay. And she told the police officer, my my purse was stolen by a dog. By a dog. But I don't want to press charges, man, because that's violence, man. And you know what? I'm I'm friendly with the fuzz. Friendly fuzz. I'm not like some of the other cats in my in my crowd who don't like the police. But I'm just... And she's like got this long blonde hair and these crazy glasses. And she's in this insanely lit fi- flower shop. It was just delightful. This is why I watched Dragnet. To have them just shit on the hippies. Just say, these people are unreasonable. Even the ones who aren't actively evil. (laughs) 
Did you think in Los Angeles of the late 60s there were businesses like this? Probably. I mean, not to this degree, but I mean, maybe to a certain extent. It's a bit impressive that she's obviously like very high on drugs while also managing to operate a successful retail business. That's that's pretty difficult. Is it successful? I mean, it was a big space. It had all this expensive purple and pink lighting. I mean, and the flower bin. I didn't see any other customers in the store. I just saw Friday and Gannon. The thing about flowers is most of the sales are done on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. So, like, that, you have to really be, I mean, that's a that's a rough business to be in at times. So, and if you're. So you sympathize with this one. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I just, I. She, Do you think if you were in a flower shop, it would break you and you would become like this woman? Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> or just very bitter. Maybe I'd start uh, maybe losing some money and trying to explain it away to people by saying, uh, a dog stole it. <laughs> I got mugged by a dog. We have a dog. I just want to say we have a dog and she, I could see her stealing. <laughs> She's got that kind of character. We love her. I love her. But let's be honest. If there was some sort of like, grand theft larceny going on in our neighborhood and they said a dog was involved you would suspect your i own would pet. suspect my own pet what well, where's your family loyalty i didn't say i'd turn her in immediately but i would i would i would start monitoring the situation closely you're putting your own dog on public blast <laughs> you know you've you've seen the shit she pulls you've seen how sketchy she can be in a variety of different situations. But I don't, I don't go out and talk about it publicly. Yeah, yeah. I keep it within the family. Yeah, you don't want to snitch on her. I'm not snitching on her. I'm just saying I, it, it's it's rough having a dog like this, guys. <laughs> She's always, it's always a scheme. There's always some scheme involved. It's never just, oh, let's have fun at the park or pet me or the normal so, things so of the dog. Is this what they call projection? Excuse me? I've never I've never I've never purse snatched in my life. Not even at a bus Not stop. Not once. Not even if you at a see bus stop. A big fat purse just sitting there. Well now now who's projecting? <laughs> your your eyes are glowing <laughs> with uh golden memories. Good lord. Yeah, but they talked to a bunch of women. It seems to be mostly older women that these dogs are targeting. Uh, there's a couple that starts arguing about what type of dog it was. You said that sounds like us. <laughs> um, nobody knows what type of dog this is. And again, this the, 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 apparently there's no murders, no sexual assaults, no major robberies. Yeah, wouldn't it be no drugs. Wouldn't it be something if you trained a dog to like use a gun and commit murders? Oh God, that'd be something. What are you and Lanny planning? <laughs> Well, she she has some grievances against you. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Well, then it'll turn out to be the departed. So, like, I'll be the one secretly working with Lanny and you'll be the guy undercover with Lanny who's actually working for the police. (laughs) She's just a dog. Yeah, but I could see her pulling some illegal shit like this. Good Lord. I mean, and the, I mean, like, again, like, no, no major crimes must be going on in L.A. Because I can't imagine that Friday and Gannon's boss 
would go to his bosses and then being like, okay, what's going on this week? What do you got? And he says, a, a dog or multiple dogs is stealing purses from women at bus stops. And they say, all right, make sure you get a team of 12 on that one. There's got to be something more important going on. Right? <coughs> this is maddening. But they got the guy. They got the fucking and guy. You and were, you were like cheering. You were jumping out of your seat. Because it was so insane. It wasn't even a very exciting uh, car no, chase. No, it wasn't. But I was just delighted. Because you see and all it, these dogs uh, running around in this car. And it looked like a lot of blue screen work. A lot of blue screen work. I was just delighted by the whole silly premise. It kind of ends on a depressing note. They take all this guy's dogs away from him. But anyway. So you, you'd think it'd be hard to train one dog to steal purses. This guy has trained, like, what, four or five dogs? He's like the Fagin of dogs. He's like the, it, it, but, I mean, instead of London, it's L.A. and it's the 60s instead of the 1800s. It's like yeah. a fucking Oliver Twist situation with big dogs. You're like a doolittle of the crime world. Yeah, doolittle of the crime world, precisely. And it's just, he's this kind of scruffy guy who, he's like, well, I have to do it because I got to get the dog's premium meat. Two of them served in the military. But then it turns out he stole them from the military before they were even trained. So did they serve in the military or did they fucking go AWOL? <laughs> well, you're not, you don't go AWOL if you're kidnapped. Okay, but I mean. I mean, that's pretty well, I mean, they just they they didn't they didn't do anything for the military. <laughs> What's not they, these dogs didn't get purple hearts, okay? <laughs> They're not the silver star dogs. They did not do any services for the military. So uh, I thought it was gonna be a sad thing where he like saved them from like getting left behind in the service like I thought like the rapture situation no i mean like you know like in like when you're coming back from overseas in the service maybe like maybe there's like oh just leave those dogs oh those dogs helped us i want to bring them you know like that would have been heart rendering but instead there it doesn't really explain things and then it doesn't really oh the dogs were did belong to the military but they didn't they were they weren't they were stolen before they were trained uh, I, they didn't know how to end it. Now I just have more questions. So I think in real life, these dogs probably would have been uh, killed. What? But, <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, in the 60s. But, 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 uh, Sorry, we show, shot them all in the head. <laughs> um, this show, two of the dogs were taken back by the army, who presumably trained them to become killers. Uh, one of the dogs was adopted. Or sniff bombs. Or drugs. One of the dogs was adopted by Bill. And then the final dog was uh, adopted by uh, a female who worked on the case. A female? <laughs> a woman? <laughs> uh, a lady. Jesus. One of the dogs was adopted by uh, one of the lady officers who worked on the case. And it ends with her saying, I gotta train him out of some of these bad habits. And then she looks down with a knowing grin as he is sitting down. Holding her purse and winking at the camera. <laughs> it was like a little rascals esque ending to a Dragnet episode. Didn't you think his eyes were gonna bug out or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I don't even know what else to say about it. That's what happened. <laughs> it's delightful. A bunch of fucking dog criminals. 
fucking mugging people in the street. <laughs> and they're targeting women. It's like, it's horrifying. Why? How, did, how did he even do this? How did he train him? And like, and, and a, a dog talent agent earlier in the show makes a very good point of like, well, I don't think any reputable dog trainer would do this because there's a lot of money to be made working in motion pictures if you can train dogs. Which Listen, begs the question! Yes, if you're good enough to train a dog to steal a purse, you could probably make at least $100 a day in the motion picture industry. This guy really... This guy trains multiple dogs to steal purses. Yeah, and work in concert and not get caught for like a while. Do you, do you think he has the dogs also trained to do other crimes? Like selling drugs? Oh my god. The French connection... But with dogs. The French poodle connection. Oh my god, I like that. Jesus Christ. He maybe the dogs are doing like insider trading to <laughs> some of the companies locally. They're putting money in offshore accounts. So you have these dogs like working in banks and Woof stuff. Woof LLC. Oh, they're doing everything. <laughs> you can train them to steal purses. You can the sky's the limit. Get them to do anything. Yeah, Jesus. Well, it's just going to make me keep a closer eye on our dog. I don't want her to become a wayward dog. Get involved in it with any nonsense like this. Wouldn't that be so humiliating? I know it turned out that these dogs were all kind of owned and operated by this one guy. But what if the dogs had been like, oh, I, what if it had been like a pet walker, like a guy who was walking dogs, and like you found out, sorry, you have to come pick up your dog from the shelter. Oh no, what happened? Did he get away from the dog walker we hired? No, the dog walker trained him to steal purses and he's traumatized women across the city. And you have to know that your pet did that. Wouldn't you be so embarrassed? What if it was like Joel Friday's dog? Oh my God, he'd be devastated. He would not. Yeah, he'd be devastated. He'd be humiliated in front of everyone. Yeah. I mean, that that's, yeah. How do you look at your dog the same way after that? <laughs> part of a criminal, they've been part of a crime wave. Uh, but this episode was fun. It was, it was just a, just a wild ride. <laughs> Whenever you see dogs stealing purses, I just like, that brings a smile on my face. I was like zipping through them trying to find an episode and you saw... You said, Kevin, this is the one. A gang of dogs stealing purses. It sounds like a Disney cartoon. It really does. I guess it was, like Oliver and Company. Yeah, that's a, actually... I, I, there you go. I'd say when it comes to Dragnet, good fences make good neighbors. But it's always fun when the show goes to the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley. who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.